is up, my Sunlight Samurais, how are you guys doing? Hans and Mato here. So let's talk about testosterone levels and our forefathers. So some people reckon that our forefathers, way back in the day, had very high levels of testosterone between 1000 and 3000 nanograms per deciliter on average. Now, the reason why they say this is because our testosterone have been declining as time continues. Now, we have data from the late 1980s all the way to now from when people actually measured testosterone levels. And you can see there is a decline over time from the 1980s to now. So, how much have that testosterone actually been declining? So the average testosterone levels in the 1980s, the late 1980s, was roughly between 500 and 600 nanograms per deciliter. That was average. That's not even high. 600 to 500, 500 to 600 on average. Now in the, in the 2015 to 2016, it was roughly between four, uh, 420. So it declined from five, 500 to 600 to 420. So it's about almost a 200 drop. It's not all that significant. So there has been a drop and now we're almost in 10 years later, uh, 2025, we're at 2022 now, but 2025, uh, a lot of people are actually hypogonadal. So the average are declining, but also there's more and more people that are hypogonadal, that's below 300 nanograms per deciliter. We don't have data before the 1980s, but there is evidence to suggest that fertility slightly started to drop since 1900, the start of 1900. And then over time, it has been declining as well. So we know that testosterone might also have been declining since the 1900s, like 1900 specifically on the dot. And so what happened during this time? It was basically when the industrial phase began. This is when there was factories and mass production. People were working in factories. They were poor. They were not getting a lot of sunlight. They were eating very poor diets. Obviously, your testosterone and fertility is going to drop because you're not having enough calories, you're not having enough nutrients, you're not getting enough sunlight, stress is high, you're working, it's bad. So you can, experience, you can expect things to drop down. So you had the start of the industrial area, then you had World War I, then you had World War II, then you had the Great Depression, and everything was just hard all the time. So you can expect people to have low levels of testosterone all the time, and maybe fluctuating over time from as early as 1900. Now before that, it wasn't as if things were different. There were still wars, there was still poverty, there were still things that were decreasing our testosterone. Just because back in the day when there wasn't any chemicals and stuff, doesn't mean there wasn't any stress. There was stress, and the more civilized civilization became, the more stress there was, because now you have to work for money, you have to follow someone else's rules. Suddenly we are indoctrinated that we have to buy things to fit into society. So more and more stress are being created by living more civilized. So um, just because we have evidence that testosterone has declined from the, early, the late 1980s to now doesn't mean... Uh, so this is a downward angle. Doesn't mean going back in time is an upward angle. It doesn't mean that, right? It just means that it could have like dropped down, but it's like more of a stable line back in time. So it's been declining, 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 and crashing. This is kind of like what we're seeing is that more and more people are hypogonadal. So you had this decrease from the early 1980s, the, the late 1980s, going down, 
and now it's kind of like going down faster, it's going to crash like an exponential. It's not a linear drop, it's an exponential, like an inverse exponential drop. And this is because of more and more chemicals being created, we're exposed to more and more chemicals, more stress, more stuff, more PUFA. You know, so a lot of things have changed during this time when we're exposed to pesticides, more plastics have been created, more chemicals have been created, we're applying more deodorant, more uh, lotions, and more. the food is becoming more processed. So we can expect that the more things are changing from the natural state, the more we can start to see negative effects. So we don't have evidence to show that people in the back in the day had very high levels of testosterone, and I don't think they had high levels of testosterone. If you enjoy watching my videos, please like and subscribe and comment below this video, even if it's you're just saying something like, I subscribed or I like this video or I enjoy the content. That helps me a lot. And the reason I say this is because if we look at cultures that is still pretty much in that uh, unchanged state, they haven't uh, westernized yet, these people actually have lower levels of testosterone than the westernized people. So if we look at indigenous tribes like the Hadza, the Toga, Ache, the hunters in Paraguay, Ituri forest people, Tasmania of Bolivia, Amazon, people in the Congo or in Nepal, as indigenous as you can get, these people have lower levels of testosterone than people in Boston. So in Boston, first of all, uh, the seasons, it's cold and then it's hot, so you have obviously seasonal variation. Boston is a city where it's, uh, there's more pollution. So despite that fact that these people were living as natural as they can, eating absolutely no processed food, compared to the Boston Bostonites, these people had lower levels of testosterone than westernized people. Now why is that, why is that even the case? Like all of these tribes that you know, are eating as best as they can, had low levels of testosterone. So that is my argument. Why would you expect people way back in the day had so much higher testosterone when we still have a few examples of people that are living very naturally that actually had lower levels of testosterone than we have now? And you know what's the main reason why people start to age, actually? Hey you, old man, come over here. Me? Did you know that the Hadza men in their 60s are still climbing trees, getting out honey, hunting, dragging the kill back into camp? No. Can you do that? No. So how old are you now? No, I'm 15. When was the last time you were active? About 30 years ago. So you want to tell me that by the age of 20, you stopped being active and that's why you can't do that anymore now at the age of 50? Technically, yes. See, the main reason why people can't do stuff is because they don't train for it. I did Parker in my teens. And then when I turned 20, I basically stopped doing Parker. And only recently I started redoing Parker, started relearning Parker, incorporating some drills and jumps and stuff into my routine. And at first I was like, I'm feeling old, you know, this is a new kind of skill. I can't, I'm not that explosive. I can absorb that same amount of force. I could just have thought to myself, you know, I'm too old for this. I can't do this. But it's like the more you train, the better you become. And I, I'm just learning so fast. All the skills that I'm learning just sticks. I'm just getting better and better and better session after session. So the thing is, the reason why the Hatsa, when they are 60 and even 70, climb up a tree and harvest honey is because they don't stop doing it. Since the moment they can do it, all the way till they can't do it anymore, that they keep on doing it. 
And that's like I mentioned in a previous video is that don't allow yourself to become old. The reason why you lose a skill is because you don't train it. If you don't sit on the ground, you stand up all the time, you walk around a lot, you climb on stuff, you work through that ranges of uh, mobility. If you don't do that, you're going to lose it. And that's why people like, I feel so old. And the reason for that is because they don't train anything that don't make them not feel, that keep them young. They don't do things that keep them young. So don't allow yourself to become old. Now I want to make an example. Let's take Paul Saladino as an example. He was an ex-carnivore, he changed a little bit, he's no more animal-based. He's eating meat, organ meat, um, he's having some milk and fruit. I think that is an awesome diet. His testosterone last time, I, if I recall correctly, is about 700. And he's active for about 2-3 to three hours on a daily basis, living a very natural life. So he has what would be considered higher, on the higher end of normal, testosterone levels. He's great. He's in great shape. He's in his 40s now. He's very active. And that's what I would expect people in the olden day, their testosterone would have been. Now the thing is, like, let's say you have to have the hot or those stripes. Maybe they don't eat as much. So they don't have as much testosterone. So they're very active during the day and they don't eat as much. That is going to be two factors that can lower testosterone. If you don't eat enough, testosterone is going to be lower. If you don't consume enough nutrients, your testosterone is going to be lower. If you exercise too much, your testosterone is going to be lower. But just because your testosterone is lower doesn't mean you'll display hypogonadal symptoms. So this is common amongst athletes. The, the people that don't overtrain themselves into the ground, they tend to have lower levels of testosterone but they don't have hypogonadal symptoms. And this is because uh, you have limited energy available, which means that when you are highly active, your energy is going to your muscles fueling and regenerating all this kind of good stuff and not towards creating testosterone, but it doesn't mean you will display hypogonadal symptoms. Your body just upregulates the sensitivity to the hormones that you do have. So just looking at testosterone is not a good enough measure. So let's talk about the exceptions to what you might expect people that have high testosterone would be. So let's take the gladiators back in the day and also the strongmen. So can you expect the gladiators to have high levels of testosterone? I would say no. And the reason why I say no is because there, here is one example. You have the Hatsa and you have the Datoga tribe. The, they have more or less the same levels of testosterone, although the Dakota, the Toga has a little bit, a smidge, higher levels of testosterone than the Hatsa, although both parties have significantly lower levels of testosterone than the westernized people. And the Datoga people are a little bit more aggressive and polygamous than the Hatsa that more or less have the same levels of testosterone, but what they found is the Datoga people had better sensitivity to the androgens, they had more sensitive androgen receptors than the Hatsa, that made them have probably have higher levels of libido and a little bit higher levels of aggression. So it's not that your androgens matter as much, it's how your body responds to those androgens. Now I think the same thing counts for the gladiators. They were people that were more sensitive to their androgens. It doesn't mean they had high levels of androgens. That made them perhaps more aggressive, goal-orientated, and fearless. So it's like some people can watch horror movies and feel nothing. Other people can't even think of horror movies and they're freaked out. And it's because they have different sensitivities to dopamine and their neurotransmitters are different. It doesn't mean someone that can tolerate horrors have higher levels of testosterone. So if you're a gladiator and you have to exert aggression and you have to be gruesome, 
it doesn't mean you have high levels of testosterone. It just means that, for example, your dopamine are broken down faster. You have enhanced sensitivity to the androgen receptor. So your chemistry, how you respond to your hormones and neurotransmitters are different. It doesn't mean they had high levels of testosterone. Now also keep in mind, they were probably specimens. The weak ones died out and only the exceptions survived. Now let's take a gladiator, for example. Um, they were like top athletes. And to be a top athlete, you have to eat and supplement in a certain way. So I can, we have no record for this, but I can only guarantee you that they were eating a high quality diet consisting of animal foods. They were consuming collagen and organ meat and just meat in general, milk. And who knows, maybe they were consuming fruit as well. But I don't think they were consuming vegetables because that would have been useless for improving their performance. So they were eating basically an animal based diet to enhance their performance and their recovery and their longevity to give them that spunk in life. And it doesn't mean that they had high levels of testosterone. Now let's look at the strong man. The example would be the great Gamma. He was an undefeated wrestler for 50 years. And I don't think he had high levels of testosterone. He was just eating a certain way and he was clearly an exception. He was exceptionally strong. He was training every single day. He was drinking about two gallons of milk on a daily basis plus a bunch of other food. And he was doing a thousand plus Hindu push-ups and Hindu squats on a daily basis. <laughs> he was an exception. He was doing things that no one else is doing. He was eating the way no one else was eating. It doesn't mean he had high levels of testosterone. It means that perhaps his muscle quality, density, his ligament implantment into his muscles was different. And then obviously he trained and ate a certain way that enabled him to be such an exception. So we have the same kind of exceptions in our daily life today. It doesn't mean they have high or low levels of testosterone. I've read of someone that has never lifted in his life, went to the gym, benched five plates, right? Over 500 pounds or close to 500 pounds. He's never lifted in his life and he does that. That is crazy. That's because he is an exception. And we still have those exceptions and those gladiators wasn't just anybody. They were the exceptions. The weak guys died out quickly and the exceptions remained and they were the elite athletes of that day. So just to recap, our testosterone levels are declining, but that doesn't mean that the ancient man had significantly higher levels of testosterone. We can reverse this decline by eating good. That's why we have examples like myself, Paul Saladino, that have high levels of testosterone because we live a lifestyle that is free of toxins and we eat a nutrient-dense diet and we eat enough calories to fuel our bodies for the demand that we place it under. And when you look at the ex exceptions of the gladiators or the strongmen, it doesn't mean they had high levels of testosterone. It just means they were eating in a good way to support that demand and they were most likely exceptions. Not everybody can be the strongest man on earth, but everyone can improve their strength. Everyone can improve their testosterone. And my last question to you is, what do you expect from having testosterone levels of 2000? I can guarantee you, you can jump on testosterone right now, boost your testosterone to 2000, and it will not give you that feeling of what you expect. Like what is the expectance of having high levels of testosterone? Do you want to become a superhuman? Do you want to become a demigod? Well, boosting your testosterone to levels of 2000 is not going to do that for you. I can guarantee you people with a level of 2000 of testosterone doesn't mean they automatically become gladiators. Doesn't automatically mean they become strongmen. It doesn't mean anything. It honestly almost doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It matters how your body responds to the testosterone and the kind of effort that you put in to your workout and the results that you get out. 
Now, obviously, there's a big difference between having normal levels of testosterone versus being hypogonadal versus 300 versus 600. You want to be on the higher level of normal that's going to make you feel good. If you want more confidence in life, that 2,000 testosterone is not going to give it to you. You can have maximal confidence at between 400 to 600 levels of testosterone because your lifestyle shapes you, your decisions shape you. If you're afraid of something, but you expose yourself to that threat and that fear over time, and you deal with that threat and that fear, you will become fearless to that situation with the same level of testosterone. If you're afraid of talking to people, but you do it over and over and over, you're going to get so good at it that you not fear that situation. So don't think that you want to boost your testosterone to such a degree that you become what you, what you can actually become now with just practicing and getting over that fear. Now, obviously, you want your androgens to be in a good place because that's going to help you to increase dopamine and GABA that you become more calm, you're not depressed, you're more driven and focused, you don't have as much anxiety. So this is all the good stuff that you can get from testosterone in the normal range. You don't have to go super physiological to get that. And if you want to learn how to increase your testosterone, that is what the Alpha Energy Mail course is all about. It helps you to focus on the diet and the lifestyle and the supplementation that's going to modulate not only testosterone, but your neurotransmitters and energy and metabolism. Everything has to work together to modulate how you want to feel, to maximize, to get you closer to that goal of feeling the way that you want to feel. I hope this video was helpful. And I've given you some clues and ideas on how to get to that goal that you want to get to. And I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.